The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show. On Relevant Radio. Artists like Rogan have a First Amendment protection to, you know, and we're standing up for the First Amendment. And then I could see Neil Young saying, well, I have a First Amendment right as well. And, and the free market for me means that I want you to take my music down. So maybe the free market is working. Yeah, no, I think it is working. I think it worked exactly right. Neil Young makes this demand. I want you to take my music down. Spotify complies and that's the end of it. But if you take a look at the numbers here, the issue is that Joe Rogan is by far the most streamed podcaster on the platform. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, have you been following this story? You know, I seen a lot of buzz about Joe Rogan and, and I've talked about him in the past you know I know a lot of people listen to him um, he's got a bigger following than, than Tucker Carlson I, I'd seen his numbers maybe a month ago and over 11 million I think something like that that, that listen to him I think Carlson's got like you know 3.4 and you know those are pretty big numbers when you think about that I just saw a report today you know he is um, he had this little bout with Neil Young uh, well, not really Neil Young. Neil Young and Spotify. Uh, Neil Young went to pull his music if they didn't take uh, Rogan down. Rogan actually came down, uh, and and he has apologized. And you're thinking, what? Let, let me fill you in. I'll, I'll, I'll get you up to speed on the story if you're not familiar with all the details rather than giving you tidbits here. And, of course, James Hurston is going to be stopping by. We'll get his take on all this. Um, are you familiar with the name Dr. Robert Malone? Uh, some people say, oh, yeah, he's a very noted virologist, a man who has studied viruses. Uh, he also works on developing vaccines to counter those viruses, right? So years ago, he worked actually on the original research to figure out how to use uh, a DNA-based method of making vaccines. And that research became the basis for what you have in that shot that you might have taken in your arm, that Pfizer, that uh, Moderna shot where... You know, it was, it was developed using mRNA technology. So he, his research was the basis for mRNA vaccines, which is what Pfizer and Moderna are using in their fight against COVID. Well, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, he's a cardiologist, one of the most published physicians in his field, right? Uh, neither doctor is a celebrated hero. In fact, uh, they've actually become pariahs in the scientific community and, and, and the media, because really they're speaking out against the vaccines that Pfizer and Moderna developed based on Malone's research. So when uh, podcaster Joe Rogan, who has 11 million people viewing him, uh, he interviewed them, uh, people took, they took note, right? They, they wanted to hear what he had to say. Uh, you know, they didn't take up, you know, he, you know the, the two doctors' arguments and counter them with arguments of their own. Instead, they demanded that Spotify... Uh, the streaming service that hosts Rogan, they take his podcast, they, they dump the episodes. And, and why? Because their claim was too much misinformation. And, and Rogan, he just didn't challenge it enough. Um, it got to the point where, you know, Neil Young uh, of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and of course, like I said, I love Neil Young's music. I do. I just, I, I love, some of his albums are just classics. Um, Young came out and told Spotify, if you don't take Rogan down, I'm leaving. Pull my music, right? So shortly after that, Spotify removed Young's music, okay? Okay, pull your music then, Neil. We got a guy who's got 11 million followers. So it seemed as if freedom of speech had prevailed. But then another rocker, uh, Joni Mitchell, said the same thing to Spotify, and others joined the bandwagon, including Prince Harry and, and Princess Meghan. And now Spotify has decided to make COVID-19 information 
you know, a hub where people can get what's deemed to be trustworthy information on the disease. And Rogan has said that, you know, he has, you know, if he has a controversial guest on a show, then then he'll put someone on afterwards who counters what the previous guest had to say. Here's Rogan explaining how podcasts have been labeled as misinformation. Listen to this. I wanted to make a video to address some of the controversy that's been going on over the past few days. And first of all, to say thank you to everyone that sent love and support. I truly, truly appreciate it. And it's been very nice to hear from you. I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two, one with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, they, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. All right, so that was, you know, Rogan explaining how these have been mislabeled. There's all, you know, just one quick thought here, and I'll share a little bit more what he said. Um, it, it really is true how when COVID first broke out, you know, what we thought was fact, we found out was not, or what we thought was not fact was a lot of confusion over that. Listen to more. Rogan explains really the recent history of this term being used and why it's flawed and, and not helpful. This term misinformation. Listen. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now, that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely. I get things wrong, but I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. And I love that. I, I, I have a lot of respect for him to do that. And I, also, like his humility, I, I do the same thing. I sit down, I talk to experts. Do I get things right all, all the time? No, I try my very best to always be accurate. Um, but when you talk every single day for hours a day, you're going to eventually misspeak. 
but I think his point there, and we'll talk coming up with James Hurston about this. You know, it, it was, it, I think he beautifully articulated it. You know, the whole concept of masks, uh, if you're vaccinated, you won't get the disease again. I mean, you go through all these things that were initially, you know, told to you as a truth and you realize they're not. And as you said, you'd be deplatformed or banned. And today they're being broadcast as truth over mainstream media and various cable outlets and, and things have radically changed. So, you know, here's the thing about Rogan and, and I'll get James's take on it. You know, when you have a platform like Spotify, when you reach as many people as you do, um, you don't want to lose that platform, do you? Uh, I, I don't think you do. You don't want to be deplatformed for what you say. Uh, Rogan came out after this controversy and all these other celebs coming out, and uh, he personally thanked Spotify, and he apologized. He apologized to these musicians. Listen. Now, because of this controversy, uh, Neil Young has removed his music from the, the platform of Spotify and uh, Joni Mitchell and uh, apparently some other people want to as well. Um, I'm very sorry that they feel that way. I, 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 I most certainly don't want that. Uh, I'm a Neil Young fan. I've always been a Neil Young fan. You know, I do all the scheduling myself and uh, I don't always get it right. This, these podcasts are very strange because they're just conversations. And oftentimes I have no idea what I'm going to talk about until I sit down and talk to people. But I do my best. And they're just conversations. And I think that's also the appeal of the show. It's one of the things that makes it interesting. So that was Joe Rogan again. Let's talk about it because really at the heart of this is censorship. Uh, it's freedom of speech and a lot of other things. And you're more than welcome to join me and sound off the numbers. 888-914-9149. I thought uh, we'd bring to the table today James Herson, New York Times bestselling author and commentator, news analyst, a very gifted law professor, longtime friend of this show. And I would encourage you to follow his writings. I think they're clear and they are salient. And he writes the Left Coast Report for Newsmax.com. And he covers everything from Hollywood and politics to entertainment and culture. And he's here today to give us some perspective. James, thanks for being here. Always a delight to talk with you. Oh, it's my pleasure uh, to be with you. So, you know, I'm sure you follow the Rogan thing. I mean, we've seen this in the news and a lot of people are following what he said. I, I was surprised when I saw him apologize and come out. But, you know, when you zoom out and you look at the big picture, uh, it kind of makes sense. Let's talk about it a little bit. The see the situation seems to have blown up, maybe out of way out of proportion. Um, I don't think Rogan ever was a hard right demagogue. Well, your your thoughts on on what we've seen kind of develop and unfold? Yeah, I mean, this is Joe Rogan has developed into from a stand up comedian and uh, ultimate fighting commentator. He's probably the most powerful singular media figure in the world it's amazing and so there are a lot of people that want to take him down a notch and he focused on the jugular issue what what is the definition of misinformation or disinformation and as he pointed out things that were called misinformation all of a sudden become truth and the problem that we it's not this isolated example of joe rogan It's a situation where tech companies have censored and they've only almost uh, focused on censoring one side of the political equation. So we've seen Dennis Prager get censored. 
We've seen Senator Rand Paul, Senator Ron Johnson get censored, Senator Mark Meadows, Senator, I'm sorry, uh, Congressman Mark Meadows, Congressman Jim Jordan, Congressman Matt Getz. Uh, we live in an environment at, where the list goes on and on of people that are right of center that are being pulled away and silenced and muzzled. And so the idea is that the same thing with fact-checking. So-called fact-checking seems to only fact-check one side as the CDC makes mistake after mistake, statement that turns out to be false after statement that turns out to be false. The only people that fact-check them are people like Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough, which is why Joe Rogan had them on, on the show. And our founding fathers spoke of a marketplace of ideas and when, when the First Amendment was drafted. And the whole notion of having a free marketplace of ideas is that people will be able to find and discern the truth if all points of view are presented. But somehow, Neil Young has gone from writing a song about rocking in the free world. By the way, it was an album (laughs) entitled Freedom. And now Neil Young has embraced totalitarian values. Because instead of a debate, instead of encouraging a debate, which I know Dr. Robert Malone has already challenged individuals to a debate, Dr. Peter McCullough, as you pointed out, as Joe Rogan pointed out, is the singular most published physician, not only in his field, but he's one of the most published physicians in the world. And so, yeah, let's, and Joe, one of the things he said on that video is, I'll bring on some other people to counter them. But I would, you know, I think they would welcome, the American public would welcome honest, open debate in a free marketplace of ideas. But apparently, you know, people like Joni Mitchell and like Neil Young, and unfortunately, like many people who fact check and run big tech companies, they do not want discussion. They do not want debate. And they label, this is the danger. They're labeling data. They're labeling facts. And that's the way, Mm -hmm. really, Robert Malone and Peter McCullough always operate from data. They quote data. And there's been pure data posts that have been censored and labeled as dangerous. When the truth is labeled as dangerous, we're we're in trouble as a society. And that's that's the the you know, yeah. the gist of the problem, Drew, yeah. is that we have data and facts being labeled as misinformation. Yeah. My guest today, James Hurston, we'll go to the phones, take a few calls as well. You know, in defense of Rogan, too, he did have both sides uh, in front of the He had Sanjay Gupta on there, and it's really what I think got him a lot of traction, too, and they saw that exchange. So he had people pro-vaccine and, and against the vaccine. So, But, boy, it just shows you the power uh, to censor. It seems like people are saying that if you counter whatever is currently being said by the mainstream medicine or medical community and, and the mainstream media— you should not have a platform. We're going to deplatform you. We're going to take you off Twitter and Facebook. We're going to shut you down on Spotify. You don't deserve a voice. And that's not what America is about. I mean, it should be an exchange of ideas. We should be able to present differing views. And as Rogan pointed out, 
these views have changed. What was once truth was no longer truth. Or what they once thought was accurate regarding masks or vaccinations, they found out was not necessarily the case. You just can't say anything today. Um, I, and I don't know, James, if this is just because we're in a pandemic or not things are getting worse like this. I mean, your thoughts on why the temperature is so hot like this and why these major media platforms from social media to, to the broadcast media have this much power. Well, you know, we've allowed um, what is affectionately called big tech to grow into monstrous proportions because in the beginning when they started, they needed help and changes in the law to insulate them from certain kinds of liabilities. But now they've grown way too big. And that and it's the biggest one, of course, is Section 230, which allows the insulation uh, from lawsuits. So they've become publishers that we've had a lot of talk about that, but that has to be modified. And then, of course, there's the antitrust law, which hasn't been invoked for the most part against big tech companies. So, yeah, there's yeah. no question that they have grown to a very powerful level and that they are actively censoring uh, with the rationale, yes, we're protecting the public from, quote, dangerous, unquote, ideas. That's an insult to the public. Right. You know, the, uh, we've always kept, you know, obscene ideas, extremely hateful ideas, um, absolutely crazy ideas. Uh, we have that that makes sense. But Joe Rogan's show, as you pointed out, uh, it's Joe Rogan himself. He wanted to have that opposite point of view. So he had CNN's chief medical correspondent, Sandre Gupta, on yeah. there, Sanjay. Right. And, and he had a very confrontational interview. And, uh, and Joe Rogan, you know, as humble as he is in that, in that video, he's a very effective interviewer in great part because he's every man he's someone that asks questions that a lot of people would ask and i have it on their minds and so the thing is about joe rogan you know if spotify were to pay him off and let him go mm -hmm. joe rogan will only grow stronger oh, because no. there's um a hundred platforms that would have the welcome mat out for Joe Rogan. And if he wanted to, he could start his own media company. Um, so I, I think, and especially on the subject of these um, mandates and restrictions and masks that have been uh, floating, you know, they've been changing all the time. And, and we were just on the verge now, uh, just today, Denmark, the country of Denmark has gotten rid of all of its COVID restrictions and mandates. Um, the UK, the United yeah, Kingdom, yeah. is getting rid of all its restrictions and mandates. Ireland is doing it. So this is a, a changing landscape where you can't muzzle people that are questioning and using data to question it. It's just, it's wrong, it harms the, that is dangerous. Right. The stuff that was on Joe Rogan's podcast was legitimate, thoughtful discussion. And anybody that looks at it, it's out there for everyone to see. All you have to do is actually watch it, and you'll you'll scratch your head. Right What's, what is Joni Mitchell talking about? I think 
Neil Young and Joni Mitchell never did watch Joe Rogan's podcast. I think they're just sort of lemmings, non-thinking, mm-hmm. following the party line. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, the same thing with Harry and Megan. Right. And, uh, you know, Pat Sajak has some polka albums. He uh, jokingly <laughs> threatened to pull his polka albums. Hilarious. I saw somebody putting up memes. The Captain and Tennille are going to pull their music. <laughs> Barry Manilow, it went. He denied it, awesome. but there were reports that he was going to. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, the reason Joe Rogan grew is because of the free market, because people were searching for someone with yeah. an opposing yeah. point of view. Amen. Because if you watch CNN, MSNBC, and ABC, and CBS, and NBC, mm-hmm. you only get You're one so point of view. It's so true. It's so frustrating on so many levels, the bias that we are seeing in the media and over the social media platforms. It's true. And that's why, that's why I think his message resonated. You get both sides. You are going to get both sides, and whether you, you're pro-vaccine or you're not, whether you're pro-mandate or you're not. Todd in Madison, Wisconsin, you're on the air with James Hurston. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Hey, I agree with everything your guest has said, uh, but what I want to add is, you know, Joe agreed uh, with Spotify to uh, run a disclaimer before his show. Uh, why shouldn't the MSM be required to run a disclaimer before their newscasts? I would love that. I'll listen. Yeah, you know, great. Todd has a great point, and yeah, it makes me wonder, why don't we have a disclaimer whenever Dr. Anthony Fauci appears on TV? Yeah, I had a journalism professor when I was in, in college, when I was in the university, and he'd be turning over if he's deceased in his grave. I don't know where he is today, but because, you know, he was all, he was an old salt and he was all about when you do the news, your objective, you don't disclose your political affiliation, you report the facts and that's it. Today, MSNBC, CNN, you name the, the platforms, cable news, ABC, NBC, CBS, et cetera, some of the ones you point out, um, it's no longer unbiased. You can clearly see the agenda. Sometimes it's hidden. Other times the commentators come right out and they give their own biased views. To me, that's the problem. And in a case like that where you're not going to be objective, I love that comment. I, I think there should be a disclaimer. The views you're about to hear are not representative of whatever. They're the views of the host and Etc. So I think it's a great point. I'll tell you, James, hold on. I got to take a short pause. When we come back, uh, let's uh, take a few more calls. If you want to get on the conversation, we're talking about Joe Rogan and uh, his relationship with Spotify and ultimately some of the changes that are now taking place. Feel free to join the conversation. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. We're talking about freedom of speech. We're talking about censorship. We're talking about the media. It's an open platform for you. Feel free to pull up a chair. Be right back. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Now let's not overlook the fact that we're, we're still in reach. You got a chance to make it, and you got a freedom of speech. Say what you wanna, tell them how you feel. Tell me if I'm wrong. America is still the best country, and that's without a doubt. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. America is still the best country without a doubt. No doubt. I'm with you, James. And if anybody says it ain't. James Brown. America's my home. 
America's the greatest nation on the planet. And I, I pray to God we can continue to say that. Uh, this nation will be successful. It will be a shining light uh, to the rest of the world. It will continue to lead if we are a virtuous people. And that's, that's the bottom line. Uh, I do have some concerns. I do have some pause sometimes about our country when I see the legislation, the direction we're heading, the, the type of immorality and sin that we sometimes embrace and champion. But I got great hope for this country. There's not a greater one. There's not a better country on the planet than America. I love that. Good, great rejoin, Maggie. That was James Brown. America is my home. If you're just joining, we're talking about podcaster Joe Rogan. He's apologizing. That's right. He says, look, I'm going to be more balanced in my podcast. There was a uh, little tussle between uh, Rogan, uh, Neil Young threatening to pull uh, his, his music um, from the Spotify platform. Other celebs got on board and, uh, you know, Spotify said, uh, well, I guess Young is probably the one who said that his show's grown out of control. Uh, but uh, Spotify, you know, um, wants him to put up a disclaimer and he says he'll be more balanced. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting situation for him to be in. He's had both guests on both sides of the aisle on his show. Um, he's got a lot of viewers. You know, he's got a very, he's got a lot of responsibility with that type of power. I think comes great responsibility. He's got over 11 million people that, that listen to him. And they're from all age ranges too, from, from very young to, to old, to, to elderly. But, um, Spotify, uh, on Sunday, I believe made public its policies, which, uh, it really didn't alter. Uh, you know, they want to create a COVID-19 information hub. Um, and, uh, as I said, Rogan, he says, you know, I'll try to be a little bit more balanced, have some other views if I have somebody else on. Uh, my guest today, James Herson, we're talking about it. We're taking a look at censorship and free speech, and we're taking a look at the power of big media. And we're going to take your calls, too, so you're welcome to join us anytime. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. James, a lot of people are on hold. They want to they want to join the conversation. Before I jump with them, very quickly... Um, I don't know how much you know about Rogan. He seems to be a balanced guy. He asks hard questions of his guests. They come from all viewpoints. Uh, his guests seem to be eager to come on a show. Uh, I, I'm curious as to you, because you're a cultural uh, you know, observer and analyst. Are we at a point in the country where the elites aren't willing to allow anyone to do that anymore, to ask the opposite question or to have another voice? Uh, to ask hard questions from a different viewpoint. Uh, you know, I think so often our politics are so polarizing. Republicans only listen to Republican news. Democrats only listen to the Democratic view viewpoint. And nobody is in the middle. And you become, you know, cemented in your worldview, which I don't think is healthy. Uh, the social media platforms, you know, use algorithms to see what you can see, you know, determine what you can see. And I don't think that's healthy either. But I I'd love your thought on that. And then we'll jump into the phones. No, it's a, I. Uh, it's a great, insightful question. And it, it, clearly, too many elites who hold power seem to now embrace the idea of censoring and muzzling ideas that they don't like or they disagree with. And the essence of freedom of speech is, as, as we've heard often, that, that mantra, I, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death for your right to do so. And we're talking about this basic freedom that's in the First Amendment, freedom of speech. And it's, it's a Catholic Christian concept, because yep. God created us in his image with freedom, with free will. 
uh, Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas wrote that free will has to exist because of the fact that we see God um, issuing commandments and choices that have eternal consequences. Mm -hmm. So we have embedded in us free will, which is the essence of freedom. It's the ultimate grace that we were given by the Creator. And so we're talking about something incredibly precious when we when we discuss freedom. And therefore, if someone, as a matter of fact, Joe Rogan, I disagree with a lot of his ideas. Uh, Joe, Joe Rogan has ideas on certain kinds of recreational drugs that I disagree mm-hmm. with. Right. Joe, Joe Rogan on theology, I disagree with him. Right. Right. However, Joe Rogan is a person that would allow anyone on his show to disagree with him. And I think part of the reason, in addition to the fact that he is so powerful in the media, is mm-hmm. that he personally tested positive and was symptomatic with COVID-19, right. and he went and treated it with alternative methods and publicized it on his show, and it worked. And so he represents a personification of someone who goes against the narrative. And I think that's another motivation of why the powers that be have launched an attack. If you recall, before Neil Young and Joni Mitchell came out, there was this letter from doctors. Then we had the Surgeon General of the United States of America speak out specifically against Joe Rogan and shows like his. Uh, this is unprecedented. Crazy. And so you're right. Too many of the elites yeah. um, don't believe in the free expression, free discussion, free debate that America has always stood for. I'm with you. My guest today, James Hurst. Let me take a few calls. Um, yeah, just to your point here, too. I mean, conservatives have been so censored to the point and banned from platforms that they had to create their own platforms. I'm thinking of like Parler and Rumble and uh, Getter. And, you know, the information is getting out. It's more siloed. But uh, you see you see what happens when we have this type of censorship. Kevin is listening in Cape Coral, Florida. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Good to talk with him. I, I, I got to tell you, you, I think your show's biased. You you never you you always have one opinion on your show. You never go the other way. You guys mentioned CNN. You know what? They're absolutely biased. But guess what? So is Fox. Have you ever listened to Tucker Carlson or or Sean Hannity? You can't get in a word in edgewise if you don't, if you disagree with them. And as a Catholic station, you know Jesus always talked about bringing people together. A priest talked the other day about isms, you know, uh, conservatism, liberalism. He goes, all those things are trying to separate us from the kingdom of God. We should be working together as one instead of all these separations and trying to make people hate each other and divide each other. I just don't understand. I think your show is great when you keep it to Catholic things. When you start getting political, I think you're just as guilty as the, as, as the other side. Kevin, well, Kevin, Go ahead, James. Kev, Kevin, I, you notice you're speaking freely, aren't you, Kevin? And Drew did not censor you yes, I am. or shut you up or screen you in any way. So, I mean, that's just a proof of the fact 
that uh, Drew's show is yeah. open discussion. Uh, you're right that Fox yeah, he, leans more, you, more to the right, but how about the other side? You, when you're talking about CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, I mean, give me a break. You know, uh, it's amazing. Well, I'm saying you're wrong. Lean. You're right. Okay, so... But see, for the head, both so, sides are wrong. Both sides... Both sides, both sides got to listen to a, a, a different point of view, because I think a lot of people are right in the middle. I think some people would go Democrat on some issues and Republican on some issues. But, Drew, you never have somebody else. I mean, a, 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 a caller like me, yes. But when do you ever have an expert on the other side, given their well, point I'll, of view? Or why don't I'll, you have I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll give you one example. Kevin, I'll give you one example right away. It just immediately comes to mind. When COVID was underway, and it was incredibly unpopular for me to do this, I had Dr. John Littell, a physician, who was diametrically opposed to masks. He says they did not work. This is a time when I have other guests on the air saying, oh, you absolutely have to have a, an N95. You have to be wearing your mask. Those are two completely opposite positions that I gave platform to. So, you know, there are many times that we do this. One thing I won't do is give platform to an organization like the Church of Satan, who's who's lobbied to us, or who or Planned Parenthood that wants to propagate the culture of death. I'm very clear on my position there. When it comes to politics, I'd love to debate both sides. I think it's great, and I do think that we should be able to talk about all things, especially politics, which is the mechanism in this country that helps bring about change. It creates the the legislation and the laws, and we need to look at that through the prism of our Catholic faith. We're, we're richer for doing that. And you say both sides are wrong. I, I would disagree with you on what, one point, and I'm not going to take a side. I, I do agree. I say sometimes my Catholic faith, when it comes to immigration, when it comes to gun control, when it comes to certain issues, it crosses different sides of the aisle. But there are certainly greater truths on certain issues. And I'm not saying one side holds all the truth, but I think that's my role here to try to give you that look through the eyes of our faith. But I'm glad you called, Kevin. That's why I gave you the platform. And, and James, I'll let you follow up with a, a final thought there and we'll move along. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it's just what I mentioned before is that when we look at the big tech companies, you know, they are not allowing what Kevin seeks, and that is to have both right. sides That's freely true. give their issues. They are censoring, like I had said, they've censored, as he mentioned, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson has been censored on big tech, the um, people that hold political office have been censored. Uh, part of the reason that people left the New York Times was based on they censored a sitting senator who wrote an op-ed, Senator yeah. Tom Cotton. I mean, yeah. we live in a time where it's clear it's not we're not even talking about bias. We're talking about China style filtering of speech. And so it's. You know, it's a time where um, it, clearly uh, the things that are being censored are the things that are very precious to us. And so, for example, what's precious to Catholics, uh, uh, the sanctity of life and the science of human development is being censored. It's being censored. The data and the truth is being censored. So I I just think, uh, you know, God bless Kevin. I'll put pray for Kevin, that he has peace in his heart. Yeah. 
Hey, Kevin, thank you again. We're grateful for your call. It's always great to dialogue. Dave in Miami, Florida. Good afternoon. You're on the air with James Harrison. Yeah, good afternoon, Drew, your guest. God bless you. God bless Relevant Radio. You do terrific nice. work, and I, I appreciate it greatly. Thank you, uh, sir. My comment on this whole matter has to do with the innumerable heap of lies that we have been told over and over and over again. We didn't need a mask till we needed one mask. Then we needed two masks. Then cloth masks didn't work. Then we needed a K95 mask. Lockdowns were going to work. They did no such thing. Vaccines were supposed to prevent this catching the disease and spreading the disease. They didn't. Uh, Biden was against mandates in December until he became uh, for mandates just a little while ago. The Rochelle Walensky, the same thing. There were going to be no mandates in August. And then by October, all of a sudden we, we needed to have mandates. Social distancing is a complete lie. I mean, it's just a heap of lies upon lie upon lie. And, and we know, I know, that, you know, the father of lies is where all of it comes from. It comes from the pits of hell. And ultimately, this is a spiritual battle. I take, uh, I, I take comfort in Scripture. Ephesians chapter 6 is the one I've committed to memory. Put on the armor of God because we are wrestling... For, to stand against the deceits of Satan, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. principalities yeah. And man, um, you know, that, that's all I have to say. Brother, love it. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, James, your thoughts? We can oh, talk a little bit about it. I think Dave, you have a lot there. Dave took it right to the jugular. It is, mm-hmm. We're in a spiritual battle. I it's agree. a battle of good and evil. It's a battle where we need weapons. And, and, you know, the rosary is a weapon. It's been used that way, a prayer, and, and as Dave pointed out, the whole armor of God, which is uh, St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. So, and, and it is true, the deception is all around us. It's, I, we're talking about, um, you know, that point about the mass where we didn't need a mask and we needed two masks. I mean, just recently, they t- tell us that the cloth masks have been forced on our children are no longer <laughs> are yeah, no longer to be used. So things are changing all the time, but it's the same thing. You know, with our foreign yeah. policy, the president of Ukraine says we don't need you here, and stop, you know, exaggerating right. what's going on with the Russians. And we're told by the media, by the administration, that the Russians are about to invade and it's imminent, and, they, and, and they're beating the war drums. So it, it's, I think. If anybody isn't uh, cynical and suspicious about the messaging that comes out of the media, then they haven't been paying attention. And Dave certainly has. Yeah, and Dave, I just want to follow up on what you said, too, because I I just think what you said was right on point. I mean, take a look at the hallmark of the evil one undergirding all of this, whether it is the deep divide amongst politics, whether it's the lies that are being perpetrated by the media or the national uh, by by our by our government. uh, What's the hallmark of it, uh, of the evil one? It's it's a spirit of division and it's a spirit of deception. And, And we see that more than ever. And, you know, in these areas where we see these deep divides like that, it's not just political or ideological. I, I do think, I do have to agree. To, I think there's a spiritual element under that. And it comes back down to us again as citizenry. I, I think as followers of Christ, we should be praying. We should, as Our Lady said in Fatima, offering sacrifice and penance. We should be praying the rosary. You can do that every evening at seven o'clock with Father Rocky. You can pray the chapel with me at three. You can spend your own time with the Lord. 
But I think if we do that, we'll see the powerful effects of it. Now, I'm glad you brought in that spiritual aspect. It's about 15 minutes before the top of the hour. I'm going to take a short pause. When we come back, Teresa in Philadelphia, I know you've been holding everyone else. I'll grab your calls. My guest today, James Herson, taking a look at all that's unfolding in our world and the latest with Joe Rogan coming out apologizing as uh, Spotify just recently published its content policy in response to Neil Young and others' outcry. We're back with more conversation right after this. Stay with us. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Your Life Connected, the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. There you go, a little, little, uh, oh gosh, I'm zoning out, Maggie, who is that? George Michael, yes, may his soul rest in peace, too, it's a shame he passed away not that long ago. Uh, great music, though, huh? Good to be back with you, I'm Drew Mariani, thanks for tuning in, if you're just getting plugged in, we're talking about podcaster Joe Rogan, who has over 10 million, probably 11 million plus people who view and listen to him, it's more than double what the leading cable news uh, network has, that's Fox News, so... Uh, his message apparently is resonating with both left and right, and uh, people are turning to him because they, they want uh, what they feel is a, a platform where they can hear both sides, and apparently they like his view. My guest today, James Hurston, says, look, I don't agree with everything he's, he shares. I don't agree with his theology. I don't agree with his, his use of recreational drugs and so many other things. Uh, but we are taking a look at the bigger picture here. When major outlets, major platforms, social media, big tech, uh, uh, the broadcast media, uh, they all want to censor. Uh, I think it does a disservice to you. It does a disservice to our country and to our freedom. You can follow Jim. Jim uh, James Herson is a commentator. Uh, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's got a couple of books. Check out his book, Tales from the Left Coast. But you can follow him on Twitter, at the Jim Jams, okay? At the Jim Jams. Or go to his website, jamesherson.com. You can read the Left Coast Report for... Newsmax and all the other great stuff he does. James, let's go right back to the phones. Jake in Wisconsin wants to join the conversation. Jake, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, I'll get right into it. Uh, so I guess what I noticed something that I think people seem to forget with Joe Rogan or don't notice. I mean, the people that he interviews come from such a broad spectrum. I mean, I've been listening to Joe for quite a while now. I mean, you can listen to his podcast and have him interview someone like Bernie Sanders and then turn around and interview someone like Ted Nugent. Completely opposite ends of the political spectrum, but you can listen to it and enjoy everything that both of them have to say and just get, I mean, Joel's not afraid to, you know, broaden, and I guess that's why I just, I don't think people understand, like, he's not picking sides on anything. He can interview people like that and not take a side and give people from every spectrum a platform to express their point of view. I like it. So, uh, Jake, thank you for the call. So kind of a follow, James, to what we were just talking about there. There are people that are drawn to him. And I, I know a 24-year-old uh, guy who, who listens to, to Rogan, people from all walks of life, all, all ages. And I think there's something good about having an exchange of thought and ideas um, and bringing different people to the table, so to speak. 
that's the problem with the media today. It's the problem with big tech. You don't get that. You do get that laser-focused, biased, uh, one voice, one point of view. No, I think I'm, I'm glad Jake brought that up uh, because Joe Rogan was a supporter of Bernie Sanders. He was a Bernie bro uh, during that primary. And uh, I think it was in both election seasons. So, the, you know, uh, Joe, yeah, he goes all over the place. But the interesting thing is there wasn't some big billionaire that backed Joe Rogan and said, hey, I'm going to make this guy a podcaster. Joe had a big name from the sports world, uh, somewhat from stand-up comedy and from reality shows that he hosted. And he took that and parlayed it. But I think what, what attracts and particularly uh, what, it, what brings in viewers, especially younger viewers, mm-hmm. is this d- absolute directness this candor that joe has and you see it in his apology because he he just lays out the issues very honestly and simply there's a clarity that joe has um and you as a talk show host you know instinctively and you have a great talent for this but part of is is the fact that you know complex issues have to be communicated in a way that people can understand them. Uh, The late Rush Limbaugh had that skill. But Joe does have that skill, and you never know what's going to be on his podcast, what guest he's going to have on. Um, He had on recently had a show with the famed psychologist uh, from Toronto, Jordan Peterson, and they talked about the Bible and talked about theology. Jordan Peterson has changed and he and his daughter have come to Christ and it's changed their lives. And Joe Rogan's show was a platform for that. Um, you never know who he's going to have yeah. on next week. That's so true. And, but the thing is, it is the definition of an open mind and a marketplace yeah. of ideas. And it's, that's what attracts people. And here's what I don't understand. Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, uh, because I'm a musician myself. Yeah. People that are in the world of arts, people that are creative, how important the creative process is and that you can't be restricted. You have to brainstorm and be creative. You actually do your own kind of free expression when you're writing. How could they turn and say, you've got to Spotify, you've got to silence this person. That's a big step. I'm with you. Um, and, And, you know, why doesn't I mean? I bet Joe Rogan would have Neil Young on in a heartbeat oh, to debate. Sure. Absolutely, I think it'd be a great conversation. His ratings would be sky high. I don't know if Neil would go on, but I think it would be great. Let's move along. We have a couple minutes, James. Let's grab a few more calls. A lot of people waiting. Thank you for your patience, too, Teresa in Philadelphia. Good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Thank you. Um, my comment is that I think it's really important um, when thinking about the topic of censorship and why it's happening so much lately, it's important to ask the question of what entity stands to lose money if the full truth comes out about any issue. If the truth came out about full vaccine effectiveness and side effects, the pharmaceutical industry would be at risk of losing billions of dollars. If the truth came out about um, who was actually dying from COVID, that over 60% of people dying from COVID had at least four underlying conditions the media loses its top story because people are maybe less afraid of the virus and 
the medical community could lose money and public confidence because people might then start to think about taking personal responsibility for their health. If the truth about minority communities being actually able to get a voter ID, then the diversity, equity, and inclusion industrial complex loses money because their narrative of racism is weakened. And if, if the truth about the wisdom of a 20-year war in Afghanistan comes out, then the military-industrial complex loses money. So in my mind, it's a question of following the money when it comes yeah. to censorship. That's uh, it. Uh, Chris, uh, thank you for your patience. I know you waited a long time to get on, but that was really well said. James, I'll let you respond. I'm going to jump uh, to another call. Sure. I, I got to hand it to Teresa. She followed that money. Yeah, because, great. you know, when it, I mean, talking about each special interest, clearly uh, the other thing is, you know, when we look at the, the broadcasters, um, one of their biggest sources of revenue are the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, right. So the pharmaceutical companies have a great influence yeah. on the media, and it is the pharmaceutical companies who make incredible profits yeah. um, from uh, these vaccines. So questioning um, their efficacy early on, questioning the dosage, questioning uh, whether it should be given to children, pregnant women, yeah. uh, things like that, have been very yeah. uh, effectively suppressed. And uh, so she points that out. I yeah. mean, I think well, let, money is always a part of the motive. And I thought it was an excellent point and very eloquently laid out. Uh, we only have about two minutes left. Let me sneak Matt in. He's been waiting for a while, too. He's in uh, California. Hi, Matt. Hi, yeah, I'm in Orange County. What an excellent show, James. So articulate and Drew. I just so appreciate and applaud your show. And the gentleman that called in earlier, I'll be very brief, uh, Kevin. I mean, how ironic, I mean, or ironical, uh, is, is that you have a show that's allowing different points of view. And, and the salient point in all this is that he can turn the channel. We don't want him to. But there's other channels, like James pointed out, through all of, all across the spectrum of media that only point that only have one, one side. The, the question here is, are you going to censor those that want to have a dynamic, um, you know, rational discourse? And one last thing is, is that you go no further than the whole Lancet study on hydroxychloroquine, HCQ. Yeah. They completely had to retract that. And that is a, the most venerable yeah. uh, third-party yeah, review. Point. They had to retract that because they spiked the whole thing. They know it has efficacy. Yeah. And their study basically uh, gave uh, high comorbidity uh, patients. They didn't provide the zinc, and they provided like a factor of almost 10 plus with the hydroxychloroquine. So I like also trees that you got to follow the money, but great show. And, and thank and you. Praise man. God that we have your show. Praise well, God. God. God bless you. Thank you for your kind words. I, I appreciate them deeply. And James, I appreciate you and your eloquence as well. Check James out. He's online on Twitter at the Jim Jams. Go there now and follow him at the Jim Jams. You'll be glad you did. His website, James Herson, H-I-R-S-E-N.com. I'm out of time for the day. I'll be back tomorrow to give you another look at life. Pray for me, okay? I'll pray for you. Have a good day.